I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. Best day ever. These days, walking along the Camino de Santiago stood out to me for different reasons, but all had a special spice to them. I love that these days can't be planned, just enjoyed when they come. I hope you have one or two or three very soon. Enjoy best day ever. day ever. That's like saying this is my best friend and she is, but it's also true that you can have another person who is your best friend in a different way. So when I actually say best day ever, I'm referring to three of my best days while walking the Camino de Santiago. But right, I mean, best three days ever while walking the Camino just doesn't have the same ring to it. The first best day ever that I call my no regrets day along the Camino. When you walk out of the town of Estella, your eyes are drawn forward by the sight of a beautiful church and old monastery nestled in a hill. I'm reminded that before our modern times, the actual architecture of these structures was significant. The building itself was constructed to draw the worshiper's eyes heavenward and to reflect the glory of God. We no longer feel the need to connect what type of place we worship in with the person we are worshiping. The grandeur of architectural aesthetics seems to have taken a backseat to practicality and efficiency. What have we gained? What have we lost? Soon I walk by a blacksmith's shop. The tradesman smiles warmly and waves his bandaged hand in greeting. This shop seems like a long-standing family business, and I notice many tokens custom-made for pilgrims. I was especially drawn to a little iron statue of a pilgrimess, complete with a staff and hair blowing in the wind. But pilgrimaging and shopping seemed diametrically opposed, so I walked on by. But, as this was my no regrets day, and I realized that I might very well wish I had gotten that little statue of the pilgrimess, I decided to go back. And to this day, I breathe a little deeper when I see her on my desk, hair blowing and bravely walking into her future. Just up ahead is a winery. There are a fair amount of wineries along the way, and believe you me, I had my fair share of Riojas and Tempranillos as I made my way along the way. But what is unique about this place is the Fuente del Vino, the fountain along the outside wall that is free to all pilgrims. There are two fountains, actually, one espousing water and one wine. And as this was the no regret day, I filled up my water bottle there at the fountain to the brim, just not with water. Thank you, Bodegas. Soon the trail branched. I decided in true no regrets form to take the Alternativo route. These are literally the roads less traveled, which are my favorites exactly for that reason. In my guidebook, the main route is shown in orange, but these Alternativo routes are shown in green. 
Green is a good color choice since these paths typically take a more remote route through nature. I took the left fork heading up a hill beginning this section, but as my body carried out the plan, my thoughts shouted protestations. You might get lost out there. You could get hurt and no one will know. My physical feet marched right on up that hill while the feet of my rational brain were digging their heels in. You're more vulnerable as not many travel on this route and you are a woman traveling alone and on and on. But there is a simpler logic that I obeyed that day. I didn't let the what ifs dictate the what. All of those scenarios were possible, yes, and if any of them happened, I might indeed regret taking the alternativo route. But to not even try was a guaranteed regret. The logic of courage winning over that pesky logic of worry. Indeed, there were two times when I thought I was lost, but I wasn't. That's it. What the day was filled to overflowing with was beautiful scenery, lots of singing out loud, a day where I felt strong and clear, and an overall sense of a lovely walk with God. The reflection in my journal from this day simply says, affirmed by my maker, have no regrets. That's my best day ever of walking an alternativo route of the Camino. Now this is the best day I've ever had upon reaching the halfway mark of the Camino de Santiago. I came upon an albergue with a beautiful green front lawn. It seemed to call out, you want to stop here. There were two women from Australia who had heard the same call and had taken off their boots and were basking in the near perfect intersection of green grass, tired bodies, and warm sun. It is absolutely amazing to connect on the Camino. Pilgrims have a way of finding what we have in common, and hearts are open. I wish the whole world could experience it. And indeed, if we are all on a pilgrimage, then we should try harder to treat each other this way. My new immediate dear friend tells me about her mother, who has recently died, and teaches me how to make a perpetual journal, something her mom taught her. Out of this moment, and I can't believe that it is out of any other reason but this divine connection, I have paused long enough to realize this is the halfway mark, or darn near close. When I realize this, I have a choice to make. Take this moment in personally, quietly, internally, or yell it out to the world, or at le least those with an earshot. I'm not sure why exactly this is so important to me, but I have this compelling desire to let others know too that they are at the halfway point. I find some cardboard and make a rudimentary sign that says, you are halfway to Santiago. First, I get my friend to take a picture of me sprawled face down on the grass holding the sign. Then I take it out just beyond the gate to where unsuspecting pilgrims are walking by. I do a little halfway dance holding up my sign as pilgrims approach. Most people smile awkwardly, look down and just keep walking, fancy that. But there are a few who stop and savor the moment. I remember how happy I was meeting a brother and sister who were walking the Camino together. Best day ever of reaching the halfway point of the French way of the Camino. This is my best day ever that involves the power of suggestion, coffee and riddles by a stream along the Camino. The afternoon sun was hot and just as I thought how wonderful it would feel to put my feet in some cold water, the path crossed over a stream. This was definitely worth a pause. I climbed down the banks, pulled off my boots and socks, and ah, uh, put my feet in that gift of a cool stream. 
No one else was there. It was sensation delicious. Have you ever tried this prank? In a busy enough place, stop in your tracks, shade your eyes, and look intently at a distant point. After a moment, someone will notice you and try to see what you're looking at. That's when you actually point toward that distant imaginary scene that you are apparently witnessing. Remain pointing and it will draw others. And before you know it, there's a crowd trying to see the thing that must be captivating your attention. That's when, if you're really good, you release your gaze, look around and ask if they too had seen the thing. One of my favorites is to act like you had seen a particular bird, which was your great grandmother's spirit animal, God rest her soul. It's the powerful power of suggestion. Like when a trickle of water branches off from the mainstream and creates a new path and soon more water follows. I think in that way, we are like running water. Our choices create potential for others, offering a choice that they might not have previously seen. God help us choose wisely then, because it matters. So it was by this stream, the vision of a pilgrim soaking her feet in clean, cool water held great power of suggestion and began to work its magic. Before I knew it, a group of five friends decided this was a great place for a pause, then another few, and before we knew it, it was a regular party, all of us soaking our feet and soaking in the moment. As most of us were ending our day's journey in the nearby town, we settled into a great time of fellowship there. A group of guys from Austria, obviously old friends, pulled out their Bunsen burner and a coffee percolator. It smelled so good, and soon they offered me a cup. I accepted, but only on the condition of a trade. I would trade them a strong riddle for a strong cup of coffee. They heartily agreed. With shade over our heads, cool water for our feet, and coffee for the soul, we all leaned in while I spun the tale. There once was a rich and clever young king. What was foremost in his reputation was his pride in how rich and clever he was. All agreed he was the richest, but he considered himself to be the most clever in all of his kingdom. The richest man might not be able to find a wife of equal estate, but a clever man would of course look for an equally clever wife. So the king sent messengers across the region to inquire about such a deserving woman, and word came back that indeed, over the river and through the hills, lived a beautiful and clever young maiden. He sent her a lavish proposal of marriage. She, being clever herself and being warned of his haughty disposition, accepted on one condition. The condition was his promise that upon the occasion of her death, if she died before him, that he would grant her last request. He agreed to this and even gave his word publicly as a sign of his honor. She carefully wrote out the last request and sealed it with silver wax and presented the scroll to the magistrate during the wedding ceremony. Thus began a brilliant reign together. They were both indeed clever, yet soon it became clear that where he was clever and haughty, she was clever and compassionate. The gifts that their subjects would bring in appreciation of the king or queen's consideration began to collect more densely around the queen's feet. And clearly, people began to prefer to speak with the queen. The haughtiness in the king began to twist into jealousy, and he plotted to have the queen done away with. He even went so far as to say that the queen had committed a crime punishable by death. The magistrate ordered her brought out before the town to hear her sentence. The queen stood calmly, 
Everyone gasped as the magistrate read aloud the formal sentence of death. The king smiled. Then the magistrate paused, remembering something, and pulled out a worn envelope sealed with silver wax. A moment of recognition flashed across the king's face. He had made an oath to honor her last request and must uphold it to save his reputation. The magistrate broke the seal and in a loud voice read what was written on the scroll. As he read, the magistrate turned red, the king turned white, and the queen smiled sweetly. Quickly, the king decreed that the queen had been falsely accused and therefore would hopefully live a long, long life. The riddle, what was written on the scroll? Now back to the banks of a stream in Spain. This group was tired but content, lost in the scene of a queen in a distant land whose execution was stayed at the last minute by something written on a scroll sealed with silver wax. There is a suspension of time when our imaginations match our physical reality, when our attention is so captivated by something that our actual reality blends with this virtual one and the two are perfectly integrated. We were all sitting by that stream, still present in our bodies, our feet in that cool water, yet we were also in that kingdom, yearning to see what was written on that scroll. The realm where imagination and physical reality mingle. It's an infusion of truth that reminds us that there is more to reality, more to the story. Jesus knew this place well. He knew how powerful it is. He invited people to this place. Jesus often spoke in parables with the same effect of bringing more to life. Jesus knows that we are more than our cognitive function, or he would have just given us a list of principles, more than our emotive capacity, or he would have just given us experience, more even than the power of our choice or volition, or he would have given us magic wands. We are more than the sum of those parts. That's why he often spoke in parables, hoping not to, just to engage a part of us, but to engage all parts of us, even the parts of us that we don't even know exist. He is drawing us together, back into whole people, and then inviting us to walk wholeheartedly with him into the fullest reality, the kingdom of heaven. That will be the best day forever. Forever.